0: Blog Talk
1: Radio. You're listening to "Wide Men Can't Jump" on the Wide Men Radio Network, located at blogtalkradio.com/slash Wide Men Can't Jump. This show is brought to you by the law offices of Stephen T. New at newlawoffice.com, stripcamfun.com. Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC, located at facebook.com backslash Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC, as well as at Stay Classy Meets at StayClassyMeats.com, where you can use promo code WIDEMEN to save 10% on your order and receive a free pound of Montana grass-fed ground beef. This show talks about NBA and covers all topics from all 30 teams in the league and includes guests from experts from all over the world. Make sure you're downloading us on iTunes, Podcast Attic, Stitcher, Google Play, FM Flash, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and more. Be sure to join in on the fun over at WidemenCantJump.com as well as on our Facebook group, Wide Men Can't Jump, and follow us on Twitter at WideJump. Now, let's go to the flagship program of this Wide Men Radio Network. Here's Wide Men Can't Jump. What's up, what's up, everyone? It's Wide Man Gant Jump. We're bringing it back to you this week. More stuff to talk about and a huge special guest on tonight's program, an Olympic gold medalist on tonight's program. And I hope you enjoy the interview we had with that person. Joining me as always, from the great white north, the land of milk and pasta, ladies and gentlemen, the one and only Tim Dombrova.
2: You just watch yourself, young man. I'll I'll have you know I am the reigning and undefeated Commonwealth pasta-eating champion, so... Uh, Now, we didn't talk about it on the air, but I did find out that that is an American-British thing, that you guys say pasta and we say pasta. So, there you go. So, mock all of Canada if you want, but I will retort with free health (laughs) care.
1: Well, that seems to win most
2: of the time. So, we can eat a lot more pasta. Yes, you can pack on the carbs, as you all call it uh up but let, there. But let yeah. me tell you, Nate have we ever we're setting the gold medal standard tonight, boy
1: yes we are we
2: because we have went off the uh you know, I don't even know what to call it, but this is so much above any i mean we've had some pretty impressive guests, but never have we had a gold medal winner, so wow, uh,
1: until now, until now, yes, and uh again, if you don't know we are we will have an interview and in a little a little later in the show with 2016 Rio Olympic gold medalist, Jenny Thrasher. And you may have heard that name. She was the first American in Rio to get a gold medal. She was actually the first person at the Olympics to get a gold medal was Jenny Thrasher. She was a out of nowhere Olympic gold medalist in the Rio games in the 10 meter air rifle competition. And Jenny ended up winning the gold and, Really, nobody saw it coming. And uh, Jenny is from Virginia. Went to school at West Virginia University, where she was named NCAA's Woman of the Year, and uh, she was also yes, Go Mountaineers. And she was also a uh, an NCAA champion in rifle shooting. We didn't get a chance to talk to her about that, but uh, you'll hear all about her Olympics and what she's doing now. And she's actually training for the upcoming Olympics.
2: We never even got to find out if she liked wrestling.
1: We didn't, and that's something we normally do. She was just Jenny was great. It was great to talk Sweet. to her,
2: and we hope absolute you enjoy that interview, sweetheart, absolute sweetheart of a girl, couldn't ask Absolutely. for a nice person. Just, just beautiful. Yeah. Can't say enough good things about her.
1: Absolutely, she was great, and you'll hear that interview a little later in the program. Uh, but let's go ahead and kick things off here. Um, a little bit of basketball news starting on Sunday. Is the 10 part uh, show or documentary, if you want to call it, on uh, Michael Jordan and the Bulls from, I believe,
2: 1997? Supposedly never released footage, apparently. Yeah, it's called The Last
0: Dance.
1: And uh, you see clips, it's a 2020 documentary. Focusing on the '97, '98 Bulls, the series features a film crew that had an all-access pass to the Bulls during the NBA season. It's a ten-part mini-series, and I'm looking forward to it. It was actually supposed to be released uh, June of this year, and because of the pandemic, ESPN decided, you know what? Let's just do it in April. Everybody's home. We're go- they're gonna They're going to get ratings. Let's be
2: honest. Hey, we I'm going to watch it. it we got to make up for that horse debacle, so let's put this on
1: Oh, man. Look, can we talk about that? Oh, my God. Oh, please, let's
2: Atrocious. talk about it. Whatever. I'll give you 30 seconds to come up with anything good about it.
1: I'm going to need more than that. But, yeah, bad. Bad, 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 bad. Um, noble idea.
0: Hey, hey, I'll say yes. this.
1: Noble idea. Yeah, but the problem was, It just became guys at their house shooting jump shots on bad on bad recording devices, and there was no real like when you play horse as a kid. Maybe this was just me. I always tried to make the shot as hard as humanly possible. Like I I threw stuff up, uh, half court hook shots. I mean, just anything you could think of to possibly get you. as far away yeah. as you could of course, and make it but... almost impossible to where the other guy couldn't make it these guys are just shooting jumpers
2: they should have probably and I can't believe that they didn't should have kind of done a dry run there and said okay oh, this doesn't look so good or oh, this doesn't really play out very well on television um, but as usual they didn't uh, it was not good like I would have thought too there would have been a little more clowning around and uh, some character development for lack of a better word, you know. Yeah, now, how about some, your... some trash you know, how about some trash, yeah, talk, you know? I mean, something to give it a little bit of spice, but it, it was dull as ditch water, as we say up here in Canada. Maybe you say that down there, don't know. But uh Yeah, it was not entertaining, um, was pretty much universally panned by even people who were dying to watch anything, didn't watch it. Other basketball players running it into the dirt, saying it was horrible. So, I don't know, back to the drawing board for the NBA. J.J.
1: Reddick completely just took a
2: dump on it on Twitter. Oh, yeah, yeah. He, and he was, he was not, not the only one. Yeah, and he wasn't kind either. He basically just, you know, this was S-H-I-T. I don't know what else to call it. Um, yeah, it was it was yeah. bad. It was bad. So, um, no, noble idea,
1: worth a shot. I don't know if they're going to continue it or not.
2: Oh,
1: um, I haven't heard. I haven't, have they have they said if they're going to. You, uh, know
2: what, you know what they should do. This this is my idea, Nate. I'll throw this out here. What they should do is find two or three, okay, however many people, whoever's willing to participate again, and then they should have like some kind of an interactive element, where all right, we want you to. You know, we want you to take a 60-footer. We want you to turn your back and stand on one leg and shoot. You know, give something so that the people who who are tuning in to watch it are seeing what they – maybe somewhat what they'd like to see, as opposed to, like you said, basically let's shoot 15-foot jumpers here and act like this is something anybody wants to watch. Well, and again,
1: (laughs) I I see where they're coming from in a way because it's like – how many people are going to watch as these guys throw up 50 footers and miss? You know, again, it, we got to remember it, not every that.
2: Shot. How, how about some kind of a um, uh, some kind of a grid, maybe? How about, okay, a, wide, how about a
1: wild layup? How about something like well, that? Well, An up well, layup.
2: But like, we're playing horse, but then inside of the horse, there's you know, okay, you've got to attempt okay, you took your, you took your foul line jumper, okay, you can't shoot one of those again. You got to go to something. You, you know, here's your ten choices. You got to go to one of those to try to make this happen.
1: Well, how about I, I don't know. Uh, they got to do something. Why don't they instead boring. of horse? Instead of horse, how about around the world? Maybe yeah. that would be more interesting. I, I always about, thought around the world was a little like I didn't mind horse, but around the world was fun. You know what around
2: the world is? <laughs> well, you better tell me.
1: Okay, it's uh. Because <laughs> I'm you start...
2: my idea of around the world is not yours, but anyway. Uh, that'd be, that'd <laughs> well, it ain't the Chili fun.
1: Peppers song, but around oh. the world I'm thinking um, you start right at the the baseline, and you shoot a, a bank layup. Then you move to each foul spot, oh, okay. each yeah, yeah. line on the All foul right. line. Shoot a free throw, go down the other side. Then you go out and you shoot a corner three. Then you shoot a, you know a, a, a mid like
3: mid an elbow three. three.
1: Yeah, an elbow three, then top of the key, then another elbow, and then back to the other side, then you gotta come that's around the world, then you gotta do or you can do around the world and back where you gotta go all the way there and then come all the way back to the beginning. And if you miss uh, you can stay where you're at, or you can chance it and shoot again. And if you miss on the chance, then you gotta go all the way back
2: to the beginning. Or how about some kind of a some kind of a point system? You know where you get you get one for easy shots and two for this and three for threes and five from half court and you got two minutes. How many how many points can you rack up? Yeah, well, you can do that. You know something something to change it because it it was not competitive. It, no, it's it, boring. Whole, it was boring. I mean, there was just I mean, I, I would rather watch them play a game of platypus than horse. But anyway, yeah, it was
1: it was bad. I, I don't know. Mm. I again, I don't know if they're gonna do it uh again and keep up um I, I don't know it i mean bad.
2: we could we could add some letters we could play you know reticulated ground squirrel that might take a little longer <laughs> <laughs> Oh, i, I just man. don't know i mean for something that is simple as you know it's such a simple concept and it's something everybody you know most i shouldn't say everybody 95 percent of the people who follow basketball know what horse is it should have been a no-brainer, and yet somehow it just did not translate, and it was horrible. Enough said. Yeah,
1: yeah, it was bad, um, and I don't know how you can save it.
2: I, it was just bad. Well, I mean, points for trying.
1: Yeah, I can't. I can't blame them for not trying.
2: You know, at least uh, they did something. <laughs> Usually, we're on them because they don't do anything. So at least they give it. You know. It was a strike, but at least they, you know, they tried to, they, they, they took a nut bad at least. Look at those baseball euphemisms coming in tonight.
1: <laughs> well, uh, the horse competition bombs on ESPN, according to this article. While the 686,000 person audience is a disappointment for ESPN and the NBA, it should be pointed out that it was the highest rated sports broadcast of
2: the night. Oh, yeah, because what <laughs> the nineteen sixty two lawn bowling championships didn't go over big with the crowd. Oh,
1: I don't know why it wouldn't. I thought tricky. I thought tricky Dick Johnson did a great job there lawn
2: bowling. But I mean, I think it might be more because the people in Delco misunderstood the whole horse thing. I and mean, I heard well, Tom they, Robinson. They... <laughs> I heard Tom Robinson had his g string out.
1: Well see, I heard that in Delco the Chicaglini family was cutting horses' heads and putting them in people's beds.
2: <laughs> Tom, Tom Robinson demanded they play a game of pony. <laughs> by genuine, am I right on that? <laughs> pony by genuine, no? Good. Oh that's a deep that's a deep cut. Deep ah, cut not that nice. deep. It's a good song. Uh deep. <laughs> Went over about as well as your eight six seven five three zero nine attempt today. But oh
1: hell, that was a good one. I don't
2: care oh, what anybody.
1: Oh, Tommy Two Tone lives, baby.
2: I believe that the person in question may not have been quite old enough to fully valid. appreciate the fully appreciate the power of that joke. <laughs> well, valid, valid and but uh, in her de- in her defense, also probably has a life. So there, she's you know got one on both sides right there. Also
1: completely valid. All right. got to pay some bills on the other on the other side. We're going to talk about some new NFL football jerseys. Do we like them? Do we hate them? What's the thought?
0: Right after this.
1: Are you tired of the same old average everyday lifestyle and the same old job that has you making less money than what you know you're worth? Well, you should head on over to stripcamfun.com. On Strip cam Fun, there are tons of eligible men and women waiting to perform for you, and you can join in on the fun yourself. Just head on over at StripCamFun.com, where you can strip on cam and have some fun. When you get there right now, you'll get to see some of the most beautiful women, men, and whatever else your heart desires, and you can take advantage of the good times being had on StripCamFun.com. Make sure you get there right now and let them know that Wide Men Can't Jump brought you over. Because StripCamFun.com is not just for everyone. must be 18 years of older to join in on the good times. StripCamFun. Be sure to visit right now at StripCamFun.com where you can strip on camp and have some fun. Big thanks to our good sponsors and friends at StripCamFun.com. Tim, we got a look what? here. Yes. No. No. All right. We got to look at these new NBA jerseys that are out now. Have you checked? Have you seen these?
2: Okay, well, have you seen the new ones? Three oh yeah, teams. Are... Let's, let us just stop for a second. New. Okay. Not really. One well, of the three, technically, one of the three is new. Kind of. The other two are well, kind of.
1: technically, they're new. Let's 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 go into detail. If you haven't seen them. Search them up. The Atlanta Falcons, the Cleveland Browns, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers all came out with brand-new football jerseys for this season, different from their jerseys from last season. I I, I say that as
2: kind of a foreshadowing there. Yeah, throwing a caveat there. uh... All right.
1: My team, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, uh, broke out what looks like is just new versions of the jerseys they wore when they had Warren Sapp and Keyshawn Johnson and Joe Jaravicious and Keenan McCardell and Brad Johnson and Michael Pittman and Mike Allstott and all the greats from back then. Ronde Barber, you know, Derek Brooks, those guys. Uh they look like that. They look like the old Bucks jerseys when they won the Super Bowl back in two thousand and two, you know. Dexter Jackson was the M V P year. Did you know that? Bet you didn't know that. But yeah, so um,
2: I mean, when you look at them, you just you, – you aren't going, who are these guys?
1: Well, they're old and familiar, but they – you know, I didn't mind the new jerseys they had.
0: Right,
1: but uh, not Hoboken, isn't, New Jersey. Isn't, but, uh,
2: isn't the whole point of changing jerseys to come up with something new? I mean – Sometimes. I would,
1: sometimes it's good I to mean, go back. I w-
2: oh, God. Not when you don't have anything to go back to.
1: We go back to a damn Super Bowl.
2: Yeah, Super Bowl they didn't win. Did they win it? Yes. Oh, okay. Well, if they won it, all right, fair enough. They <laughs> yes, just, they, they won should, it. They beat the Raiders. They should, they should put a Super Bowl on the uniform then. They really I really want to go I, back I to okay them, that. You know? Yeah,
0: but they.
1: Uh, mean, I'm the not,
2: surprised. <laughs> I'm surprised they don't look like the Patriots jerseys.
1: I mean, I wouldn't have been mad, but <laughs> at this them
2: feel a bit more at home.
1: Well, you know they're they got the white combo, they've got the the red, and then they've got for the color rush games an all pewter jersey, which actually looks pretty good, about as close to a black jersey as you're going to get. I'm quite fond of the black jerseys uh, myself. I always like uh, a good black football jersey; they always look good. Um, I mean, of
2: the of the three of them, the Tampa Bay one will get the win of the three.
1: Yeah, the Cleveland jerseys look. Very similar to the Cleveland jersey. They look old, like, Cle- like
2: the only people who are going to be able to tell the difference between those ones and the old ones are Cleveland fans. Nobody else is going to is going to look at those and go, Oh wow, well, isn't that shockingly new? <laughs> they're not. They're <laughs> oh not. Oh my
1: God, look at that!
2: <laughs> what are those? Oh, that's a revelation, boy. Those guys wait, wait a, a minute. It. it has specks of brown in it. I mean, I'm pre- I'm pre- I'm pretty sure that whoever made those, they hired the N- the NFL's marketing department to do that one, because yeah, probably. no thought, no thought was great. Well, why don't we uh, take the original colors and put stripes in those same original colors? They probably That's hired
1: cool. Roger Goodell to do it because you know you got to know there ain't no thoughts in that head.
2: Yeah. The uh, the owner of the New York Knicks. <laughs>
1: God, I wouldn't go that far.
2: Well, was, it was that kind of work. I mean, you, you think there's somebody got paid hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars to come up with that. But really, it probably took 30 seconds.
1: Well, you got to think here. What probably happened um, is somebody had to go to the meeting the next day. And they hadn't made anything, so they just went online and typed in Cleveland Browns jerseys and just hit print. <laughs> somebody, and
2: they show up. Like, Brilliant! Somebody did. Somebody did a quick Photoshop. <laughs> <laughs> this is great. It's oh. a real throwback. How did you come
1: up with it, Johnny? Uh, just came
2: our from own, our owner. Never our owner never comes to games. He doesn't know what the uniforms look like. <laughs> <laughs> He's been ashamed for years. You know, this will do. This will do. He's old. He can't. Uh... I, I don't actually. I don't even know who owns the who owns the Browns. Oh, um, you know that's a hell of a question. You. It's ask. An, it, it's an old family, I believe that's owned it forever in a day. I think, but
1: you know, I got to give Browns fans credit.
2: They are well, they're lo- definitely they're loyal. Loyal. They're loyal, and they haven't had much to be excited about ever, to be honest. <laughs> not not for all time. It's been,
1: it's been a long, long time. Uh Jimmy and D Haslam are the owners
2: of the Cleveland Browns. And Jimmy Haslam is
1: the CEO of the Pilot Flying J truck stop chain.
2: And he's 66 years old. So And he okay. owns the Columbus Crew of Major League Soccer as well. Ah, and now his it all father, becomes clear in it. And his
1: father, but, Jim Haslam, founded the Pilot Corporation. I mean,
2: poor and Pilot is again only, is
1: the gas stations.
2: Right. Jimmy's only worth 3700000000 billion. He's got bigger worries than what the jerseys look like. I mean, yeah.
0: Well,
1: the Cleveland I mean, Browns did, were NFL champions in 1964, and that was the last time that happened.
2: was uh, <laughs> 56 years ago?
1: Roughly. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, that's, that's even before old Timmy was born. That's how far back that is. Good Lord.
1: Well, it's a long way.
2: It's a long way back.
1: And Cleveland, you know, not since LeBron left, they really had anything to really get excited but, uh, about. But
2: They won that last Super Bowl before forward passing was allowed.
1: Yeah, I believe they did.
2: <laughs> was, there even, was that even an NFL championship? Was that an AFL one?
1: I believe this was before the combination of the NFL and the AFL. And it say, was still okay, the NFL. So,
2: so in all honesty, they've never won anything. Is really what well, They never won saying. a Super Bowl, clearly. Okay, well, so winning the AFL, sorry, but um, that's kind of like winning the uh, G League. Well, you know, you know they say that the I mean, AFL... It counts, for, it counts for something, but not very much.
1: Well, do you remember the um, the NBA or not NBA? The NFL, uh, the first team that was an AFL team to win a Super Bowl. Just a quick little question, a little the trivia first, question.
2: Come, come again, sorry.
1: The first AFL team to win a Super Bowl that was an AFL, AFL team.
2: AFL um, Colts. No. The Jets. Uh, I didn't know. I was going. Jets was next, but I wasn't sure if they were an AFL team or not. I'm pretty, i pretty. I'm let me
1: double check. I'm pretty sure it's the
2: Jets. you you might be right there because I because think it would have been that was Joe Namath. Yeah, it would have been the Jets Giants thing, and one was in one, and one was in the other. So yeah,
1: the Jets beat the Baltimore Colts sixteen to seven, and that was the they were the underdog that year, and that was when it really got on the map. Um, that
2: was and the green, old and green. Green Bay's was an NFL team, right? Yes, yes, they
1: won the first two.
2: I wanted to just say on the rugged fields of Lambeau.
1: Well, at least you got to say that, right? I feel good about it
2: now. Wow, well, I don't know good. where I don't know where Cleveland played. So back in the day, um, I know they play in First Energy Stadium now, which is just a ridiculous name for for a field, but. Um, Lambo? No, First Energy Field for the. For oh, the oh, yeah, no Lambo.
0: Lambo? I, was saying, come
1: on. I
2: was about to say Lambo's cool. <laughs> what you're talking about? <laughs> you, I us come right through this
1: mic and slap
2: you, Lambo. Well,
1: I, I didn't know what you're talking about. I mean,
2: I don't know that there's a, I don't know that there's a cooler, more, uh, you know, as far as stadium name goes. Shortly, uh, I mean, baseball. I mean, Fenway, and Comiskey, and Wrigley uh, Field, maybe. Um Yankee Stadium, maybe, if you want to count the new one mm-hmm. uh, in f- i mean in football what what i mean who else has been around the soldier field maybe soldier field's pretty cool um um uh, I mean, Dan- 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 cool. got a
1: got a pirate ship that's cool to me
2: that's cool, but the stadium itself isn't old enough okay. to be cool uh,
1: let's see the all the names of the n f l stadiums here we'll we'll see which one. All right, here we go. M&T Bank Stadium in Baltimore. Not cool. MetLife Stadium. That's in uh, sure, that's the Giants. Definitely not cool. Okay, the, here comes a really not cool one. Bank of America Stadium for Charlotte. Yeah. Uh, NRG Stadium in Houston, pass mm-hmm. Lambeau Field.
2: That's a good okay, so, one. Yeah, so far... Way past everything else.
1: Here's one that I actually like, Arrowhead Stadium in Kansas City. Okay,
2: so but that, that's an old stadium and an or or at least an old name anyway. If it's not the yeah. same
1: building, I do yeah. like that. Of course, AT and T Stadium in Dallas. That's probably no, the not, best.
2: that's not, probably the nah. best
1: actual stadium,
2: but the worst yeah. name. <laughs> and and owned by an, a complete nutter retard. No offense to anyone who's a Dallas fan, including myself, but. The owner of Paul our Br- franchise should be shot Anyhow Cincinnati is Paul Brown Stadium Okay, that's that's got a lot of uh, That's got a lot of pull in the NFL world In the football yeah. world, Paul Brown So that's pretty cool
1: Detroit is Ford Field um,
2: yeah, depending yeah, it, fits on how, it fits the yeah, city de- Yeah, depending on how far you want to push the Ford name there That's kind of cool, yeah
1: Gillette Stadium in Foxborough
2: <sighs> nah, soon, soon to be named, <laughs> soon to be renamed Brady Stadium.
1: Lincoln Financial Field in Philadelphia. I do like how it's called like, the Link.
2: Liked it better when it was uh wasn't it Veterans Stadium before?
1: Yeah, Veteran Stadium. Uh Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis. Man, nah. CenturyLink uh... Century Link <laughs> Field in Seattle. Mm-hmm. All right. So, Soldier Field in
2: Chicago. Project, yeah. nah, that's not a keeper.
1: Raymond James Stadium in Tampa.
2: Named after the original owner?
1: No. I'm, I've always you know what we're gonna find out.
2: We're going to Yeah, find who, out who, what's who, named who after. is Raymond? Yeah, let's let's dig. We got time. Who's Raymond James? Yeah, all the time.
1: All right, Raymond James Stadium. Also known as Ray J, we should people not call, call the field Ray J. We should, not, we should not do that after what he did to Mrs. Kardashian. Um, <laughs> <laughs> God. Jeez. I hate myself. Why did I even do that?
2: Did you know that the people who own the Buccaneers right now are the Glazers? who actually also own one of the biggest uh, English soccer teams in the world, uh, Manchester United. Yeah, oh, I'll be. Throwing, throwing it out there.
1: Well, I'm still trying to figure out uh, who the fuck okay. Raymond it is. James is.
2: Raymond James Financial. Ah. An independent investment bank. Yeah, okay, so that name just like went, uh, immediately lost all coolness, whatever little yeah, coolness it had. Yeah, right I kind of hate it. it, it. Just, it
1: other than the well. pirate ship, other than the pirate ship, I like
2: the pirate ship. Um, okay, Heinz Field in Pittsburgh,
1: somewhat cool because like, that's I like that. I like Heinz Ketchup, so I'm cool with that. Well, and
2: that's that's got ties back to the origins of the franchise and all that. So yeah, that's that's somewhat cool. Yeah, this
1: is one I miss being called the Orange Bowl. Hard Rock Stadium in Miami.
2: Yes, to me that it doesn't matter. When I hear foot, the football game is in Florida. Even oh, that's at the Orange Bowl. As far as my brain, you know, <laughs> the first one you think of. Yeah, well, and back in the day, I'm old enough that there wasn't uh, those teams you are didn't exist. Those teams didn't exist. You know, the Orange yeah. Bowl was where they played. They played bowl game. You know, college bowl games at. I mean, so that was the place.
1: All right, First Energy Stadium in Cleveland.
2: Mm, no, sorry. New
1: Era Field? Where the hell is, Oh, Buffalo. Okay, I like, where in the hell is that?
2: Buffalo. New Era Field in Buffalo. Didn't Buffalo used to be, um, jeez, I want to say like Rich Stadium or something like that?
1: I'm not sure.
2: That was, that was not the original name.
1: All right, Nissan Stadium in Nashville.
2: Nashville yeah.
1: and Easton, boy, that, those are two words that just don't go together.
2: All the potential they could have had for you know they could have called it the uh, Hank Williams Stadium. Yeah, I mean they
1: could have called it anything.
2: They could have nope. went with a lot a lot of things better than than that. Um,
1: well, here's one that if you take off the sponsor, it might be the coolest: Mercedes-Benz Superdome.
2: Well, Superdome, yeah, pretty cool. That's got a certain... The Superdome has you know, been the Superdome for how long? Yeah, the Superdome on its own is cool, and Mercedes-Benz, well, you, you know, can't really change it. I mean, the you gotta have, if you've got
1: to have a sponsor, that's not a bad one.
2: Yeah, I can't say anything all that bad about that, so... Um, you and the by the way,
1: and by the way, I completely understand why these places have these names, because they're getting paid an ass-ton of yeah, money. Uh, sure. I mean, but I get just, it.
2: But they still, some of the buildings, like Soldier Field should be Soldier Field forever.
1: They can call
2: it the, well, they should, I mean, they can call it AT&T Soldier Field if they want to. I'm all right with that. But they better never ever lose that. Just like Fenway always better be Fenway. If it becomes the, you know, KFC park. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Listen.
1: All right, all right, all right. Sidebar. (laughs) We'll get back to this in a second. Worst building name ever. I got two choices for you,
2: <laughs> all right. All right, and then, and then I'll give you mine. All right, go ahead.
1: Okay, two choices: the Smoothie King Center in New Orleans,
2: that's pretty bad, or
1: one or one that I've actually been to, and it's a nice building, but it's a terrible name: the KFC Yum Center in Louisville. <laughs>
2: uh, yeah, see, and mine has always been in hockey, in Philadelphia. The First Union Center, which it doesn't sound that bad until somebody decides to abbreviate it. And then it becomes <laughs> something much, much, much worse. And I, were always liked, call-
1: uh, I always like Pittsburgh as the Igloo. I always like to call the Igloo. Yeah,
2: and then, you know, and then what did they change it to? The PPG Paint Arena, which is also stupid. Yeah, something like that. The Igloo yeah, the was igloo so was cool. cool. Uh, they have the Shark Tank in San Jose for the hockey, yeah. which, is a, which is which is a good one. Um, hockey, they killed all of theirs because it used to be like the Montreal Farm and Maple Leaf Gardens were the two biggies. And they both got new buildings and promptly changed the names.
1: Yeah. I You know, you hear about the Maple Leaf Gardens now. I mean, thinking back to the old time, whether it be pro wrestling or or hockey yeah, or, you know.
2: It's still there, but it's just not called Maple Leaf Gardens anymore. It has another name.
1: Man, that's kind of like the Boston Garden. What a name.
2: Yeah, and I don't know. What do they call that place now? TD
1: Gardens. They named it after you.
2: It's not called the Awesome Gardens.
1: (laughs) TD Gardens, where (laughs) nobody (laughs) scores.
2: No, what is it? Octogenarian Gardens? Oh, God. Tr Gardens. I want to know if they're going to rename uh, uh, you guys, you, you Tampa Bay fans. Do you guys have a nickname at all?
1: No, but I'm waiting for
2: it. No, it's not a bad one. I just think you you may become known as the Brady bunch.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm not against it.
2: <laughs> I'm not either, and I, I'm sitting here thinking to myself, how can they? How can no one's ever? dealt that one up before. We should, we should we should sign rest, Brandon we should
1: sign Brandon Marshall so that way when Tom Brady throws to in, we could be like Marshall Marshall Marshall.
2: Oh boy, now you took it too far. All right. Sidebar <laughs> Sidebar over
1: Sidebar over back to the, the stadiums Levi Stadium in Santa Clara that's the Forty Niners.
2: Uh, at least I like Candlestick Park better.
1: Yeah, me too. L A Memorial Coliseum.
2: Uh, no, that's a building. Let me tell you, that is a building.
1: Yes, it is. I, I like the, the, the LA Coliseum.
2: Yeah, that's seen some games. Got some history and all that sort of stuff attached to it. And a cool name. Got some, what's that called? Patina, as we say in the antiques game.
0: FedEx
1: Field in Washington.
2: <laughs> Never delivered a thing. <laughs>
1: If uh, well, the team is equivalent well, to FedEx. Sorry, Nick. I'm kidding. FedEx is fine.
2: Um, they throw uh, they throw footballs like your old quarterback. Just wherever. Which one? <laughs> that narrows yeah. it down a bit. <laughs> Mister Winston.
1: Ooh. Oh yeah, that jackass Ooh. came on came on Twitter and said, "Oh, it took the greatest quarterback of all time to replace me." <sighs>
2: Tom Brady's probably not thrown as many uh, picks in his entire career as what he threw last year.
1: And, boy, he threw them, let me tell you. All right, Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta. Mercedes-Benz has got two in the league. I never they even double, – They doubled up? I never even put two and two together yeah, there that they own yeah, two I'm, stadiums.
2: Man, sneaky. Well, one for Mercedes and one for Benz, I guess. No, they're both Mercedes-Benz. One's Mercedes-Benz oh, no, Supernova. Mercedes needed his own, and Benz needed his own, right? Cause, you know, oh,
1: I guess. T I A A Bank Field in Jacksonville.
2: What's the T I A A stand for?
1: Uh, probably Shad Khan's abbreviation for Tony is an ass. Bank Field.
2: <laughs> All right. Good, I asked.
1: <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I'm just that's uh, a guess. Okay. Well, I'll tell <laughs> Tony you. Tony being Good his idea. son.
0: Oh, no. Boy, you really... Yeah, no. All right. They're the ones that I'm own AEW. It. Come on, that's I funny. I I'm with you. Oh, I was with you. Fuck
1: off.
2: Would you all believe right. it is? It is also what a what a shock. It is also a bank.
1: Well, didn't see that one coming. All
2: right. US... I don't know why. What the TIAA is for? I have no idea. uh, This one at least has got some history. The TIAA was created by Andrew Carnegie, which is – that's going back there. Oh, okay. Teachers Insurance and Annuity Association. Yeah. Well, there you go. Which was also founded by Andrew Carnegie.
1: You mean Carnegie? Carnegie.
2: No, it's Carnegie. People say it wrong. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. Just like they say pasta.
2: Pasta. Yeah, Exactly, you're, you're right on board <laughs>
1: U.S. Bank Stadium in Minneapolis Nice
2: stadium, horrible name How about Pusker uh, Field? Where? Run that by That's me again <laughs> is, is it, What is the West Virginia Field? Mylon, Puska, Mylon Puskar Stadium Puskar Stadium, that's what
1: I said. Yeah,
2: Puskar Stadium. We'll oh, there. okay. Okay. I, I, I didn't hear list. what you said. Well, Puscarything. Not, not, not really, but uh, I understand why it is at least.
1: Empire Empower Field at Mile High Stadium in Denver.
2: Well yeah, okay. So it's Mile High Stadium. That's what I just keep saying. Yeah, Mile
1: High it. Stadium. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure that's it until uh they, until it happens in Vegas, there's Oakland Almedia County Coliseum, which is a shitty baseball field that the Raiders use.
2: Yeah, and it, it and thank it, God uh, it's it, over. It, it it mirrored their play on the field. Um
1: Did you did you like the baseball field being used as a football no, field? Oh I hated it. Always it always hated so it
2: stupid to me. Like, the, I mean, for the amount of time it takes, you couldn't take that dirt out of there and put some sod down, for God's sake. Like, it just looks stupid. The dirt is stupid. All of it's dumb. Never liked it. Yeah,
1: and it changes the way you try to go after the ball, catch the ball, field, all that. It, it, it kills it, and I, I never like I always used to bitch about it, but me bitch
2: about stuff, and, and who to fuck? And, of course, don't forget Ed Bogus Memorial Stadium in Shinston. Well, of right course.
1: Who, who could forget? One of and the greatest call, stadiums of, course, of all time.
2: And they call it the sinkhole. Of course. <laughs>
0: the sinkhole.
1: <laughs> that is that why we struggle? That's, <laughs> that's why, why there were so Logan, many struggles there. That many,
2: that's why when, when Logan visits Shinston, they, oh, that's never good. Never good.
1: No, no, it's not. Oh, man. Alright, well, let's take one more time out here And then we'll come back And let's dive, Tim, into the world of professional wrestling And let's take a look at some oh, of the people that's been okay. cut loose today and
2: We got some, yeah, yeah. some stuff right, to so we'll,
1: talk about there For sure,
2: right back out, right after this
1: Personal injury, product liability, workplace accident Mesothelioma law, social security disability Unfair insurance practices, family law, employment discrimination, and more. All this can be handled at New Law Office with Stephen P. New. It's New Law Office with Stephen P. New. You can get your free consultation today by calling 1-800-208-9169 or 304-362-7345 for your free consultation. A new level of personal service, whether you've been injured or facing divorce or experiencing workplace discrimination, you can rely on compassionate, thorough representation from New Law Office. Be sure to contact Stephen P. New Law Office at newlawoffice.com or again, get your free consultation at 1-800-203-9169. Stephen P. New, answers to your legal questions. Thanks again to our great sponsors, the Law Offices of Stephen P. New.
2: Stephen P. New. 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 Great guy. Great guy guy who I talked to briefly, uh, well, I guess maybe "talked to is the wrong words, communicated with, would be more accurate, and uh, is tuning in with uh, anticipation for the uh, gold medal segment. Oh, really? Wow. Indeed.
1: Well, I hope they enjoy that. It should be a fun one. We'll get to that probably as we get close to the top of the hour. But we need to dive in here on some of these WWE releases. And there's been quite a few today. And I'm actually trying to see if there's been any new updates or cuz I've seen a bunch of names and I've heard, seen some rumors and I'm trying to find an update to be 100% uh sure that these are actually people getting released.
2: Well, why don't you go um, to their pa- why don't you go to their page and well, believe above...
1: it or not, their page is slow and behind.
2: So Oh, what? Well, that's cuz they probably fired the guy who it.
1: <laughs> you know, it wouldn't be uh it would not be shocking.
2: And they're busy fighting over who's going to replace him. Um, okay, well, their page um, says this.
0: All right,
1: I've actually, I've got a list here, and we'll we'll just kind of go through them one by one. There was a few that I've heard that were rumored, but um, those rumors have not been proven true yet. So we'll have to uh, we'll have to make sure. All right, so. First off, let's go ahead and dive into it. Uh, the one that, the big one, if you ask me, Rusev released. Rusev now gone
2: from WWE. Well, there is one where I am surprised they let him go, but not at the same time because they just never really ever seem to be able to figure out what they want to do with the guy. They would it just always him. seemed like
1: everything he did and no matter how over he got, they just loved
2: making sure that him. he didn't. Yeah, they just love. It's like, yeah. oh, you're
1: getting over. Bye.
2: No, we don't yeah. want this. Well, yeah, you figured it out and, and got yourself over somehow. Well, we, nope, that's not going to work for us, Barry. With some yeah. stupid thing like the Lana uh, lesbian angle and all that stuff, and it's like this is just. And, and yeah, I mean, he he made lemonade out of those lemons, but still,
1: he did. Rusev Day uh, was he, quite over, ladies and gentlemen, in case you yeah,
2: forgot. He's been over three or four times. She she killed it once by announcing they were getting married in in the real world. But, but other than that, I mean, he, he's been over at least two or three more times since then, and they bury him every time. So so he's, he might be better off not being there anyway for him.
1: Maverick has been released, and it's weird yeah. because here Drake Maverick gets released but they're still going to let him compete in the Cruiserweight tournament on NXT. So, I don't know if they're doing a, like, oh, this is a work, this is a shoot, uh, trying to trick people. I don't know. But, yeah, so Drake
2: Maverick has been yeah, no, All right, makes no sense, but anyway. Uh,
1: did you see his video he put out on uh, Twitter? No. Yeah, he very teary-eyed, very emotional. So, we'll see. Uh, Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins have been released. So Hawkins and Ryder are gone.
2: Two more guys I they never knew what to do with.
1: Zack Ryder especially. That dude got himself over so many times and it just seemed like all they
2: wanted to do was kill it. Both pretty decent workers in my opinion.
1: Oh yeah. Uh, and I'm saying people getting released, yeah, uh, they're all good. No doubt about that. They're all good workers. I'm not trying to take anything away from them. And another good tag team, Gallows and Anderson, gone.
2: AJ Styles' roommate. But another one, they never did anything with them. So I guess if they were paying them, really, I mean, they basically were kind of window dressing for AJ for the most part. Um, yeah, and the
1: and the last thing they they got off was uh, the match with the Undertaker.
2: I mean because they would never ever in typical WWE fashion would never ever go to the gimmick that actually worked the Bullet Club.
1: <laughs> well, they tried the OC, they tried the, you know, all that. It's just it wasn't going to work because it wasn't original, if that makes sense. No, um, it just wasn't, it was when never going to per-
2: work. Particularly when you pretend like it was original but with a different name. Yeah. But not all they, but not all the guys in it. Let's take the other guy who was in it and pretend he's, he's never heard of it. And then we'll call it Balor Club. Oh, good Lord.
1: Now, Balor's doing well. I think Balor going to NXT may have saved his career. Because he's doing great down there. Yeah, Last, but he does, not, I, he, he, does,
2: he does not have a Vince body, so...
1: Well, no, he's built. He's just not big.
2: Yeah, but, Well, yeah, he doesn't have a Vince body. I mean, Vince wants... You know, likes the hulking giant types. Yeah, true. All right, uh, Heath Slater, West Virginia guy. Heath Slater's been released after, I think, 16 years. Another another guy, good talent, uh, obviously loyal and willing to put up with enough garbage that he stayed there for all those years, but he won't have any trouble hooking up somewhere else. I think
1: Heath Slater will be back in WWE.
2: That's also possible.
1: I can easily foresee him uh showing back up in WWE in no time. Uh so we'll see. We'll see what happens with him. But I think he'll be back. Let's see here. Uh Aiden English, another guy who was uh part of the VOD villains with Simon Gotch. I'm him, a commentator. I don't know, it just seemed like they couldn't they, they tried everything with him, just didn't happen. Uh Aiden English released
2: yeah not a surprise, but another guy where the he was kind of fell victim because didn't they bust them up because the other guy had a altercation backstage
1: yeah the
2: other guy was kind of a uh kind of a and he kind, of, and he kind kind of got the least. yeah he kind of got spattered with some mud that wasn't of his own making, so
1: yeah that guy he was uh yeah kind of a
2: kind of an ass.
1: Uh, easy to yeah, say, you
2: so, know. yeah. But still, I mean, even just outward appearances—that's, you know, he was getting catching some blame for some things that weren't really of his making. So, he—he's another guy, I think, not—not not that bad a worker either. None of these guys really are, to be honest. They just—No, no, none lot, of them are. I mean, a, a lot of them just don't have that infamous it factor, or weren't given that infamous it factor. So, yeah.
1: Uh, Eric Young released, uh, believe it or not,
2: Eric Young, big time hockey fan. And, uh, well, he's Canadian, he's Canadian, so. Yes, of course. And, and uh, also another guy who is an epic worker, great in the ring, but they just never did anything with him.
1: Yeah, I mean, I loved Sanity, the, the stable, and they just never did anything with it. Oh, Um,
2: Team Team Canada back in the... uh, I love Team Canada. Oh, man.
1: you remember the Don't
2: Fire Fire Eric signs?
1: And you scared him own Pyro? Oh, my God. It was so Uh, hilarious.
2: He was so over it. But then, I mean, they did the same thing with Bobby Roode, where it took them a long time to figure out what to do with him, and they still kind of aren't sure. But he gets a push now and then, because he's another guy that, you know, really good in the ring. Just maybe not the most dynamic fella out of it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, let's see who else here. EC3 released. Okay, another what? guy
2: that they signed, and then and you got to sort of ask yourself, well, why? Because you never did anything with him. Guy was over like Rover, where he came from, and yet you guys couldn't seem to figure out why.
1: You feel like they just signed guys just to sign them away from wherever they're hot? So, just to be like, okay, because, we're getting you away from there because you're starting to heat up, and this yeah, way you can't uh, help that company.
2: And, and the guy was like, well, what, wasn't he TNA champion at one point? Oh, yeah. He was like undefeated in TNA. Uh, he in, in, he yeah, in, impact champion. And, he, and I mean, God, mind you, WWE, well, I shouldn't say WWE, Vince doesn't watch other wrestling, so he probably had no idea why he was over. Somebody just said, well, we can get this guy. He's big and wherever, okay, get him. Uh, I don't really know why we're getting them, but get him. Yeah, and he,
1: he had a look, too, that I thought Vince would be yeah. crazy
2: for.
1: He just never did anything with him.
2: Vince is too busy trying to dodge FCC filings.
1: Wow. Uh, Leo mm. Rush also released. And
2: uh another they were doing guy, a lot they, him. Yeah, another guy that they were kind of pushing, and you'd think if they were going to release somebody, I could have found other people besides him. Although, I don't know how much of this might have to do with... um uh, these are guys who are actually in a spot where they can
1: release them. Yeah. I got, then again, I, I think
0: know.
1: I think a lot of these guys may be brought back eventually once um, once this pandemic is over. With uh, you might see some of them come back. Uh, well, Kurt it, uh... Angle was released as well, which he wasn't active anymore. He was just on kind of a uh, ambassador contract, so they, they cut that. But. Kurt will be back. That's a that's a no brainer.
2: They, they they their biggest one you haven't mentioned yet, in my opinion.
1: Okay. Uh, Sarah Logan released as she'll well. Be
2: fine. AEW she'll, snap her up in. Yeah, I was
1: going to say she'll end up in AEW. Uh, I could see that. Mike but Chioda. She'll
2: be, and she'll be one of the best in ring talents they have in their women's division. So. No, I agree. I agree one hundred percent. Mike Chioda
1: released. From his contract and he's been there for
2: thirty some years. He had been there too long. That was his fault.
1: (laughs) Honestly, (laughs) somebody may have something to do with it.
2: Somebody figured out he'd been there for too long, so if anybody could afford to leave, it would be him. So they tend Uh, to do that with their referees. Yeah.
1: Primo and Epico, the Colognes, and after watching the Dark Side of the Ring episode on Bruiser Brody. I want nothing to do with the colognes in a negative light. So, gentlemen, I hope you do well.
0: Uh, uh,
2: never did anything with them. Couldn't get over if they tried. No offense to them. Both talented in the ring, but no no it factor at all. there.
1: They were over days. with me when they had Rosa Mendez,
2: And then yeah, they okay. weren't. But that, yeah. so then they, they traded her in for a bull, and I never
1: forgave them. I'm with you. Rowan. Eric Rowan released uh, It's a big guy who they Seemed like they wanted to push but then Gone
2: Welcome to the dark order Rowan Oh
1: god please no Jesus
2: dark order. Or as Jim would say the dark order
1: Um, uh, <laughs> Maria and Mike Canellis were released All
2: right. Here we go Mike Sure Maria why Why Maria what did she ever do Except look
0: cute Well <laughs>
1: Kept getting pregnant, not telling anybody, and then sign a new deal, and then tell them she's
2: pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, Tim. I don't know what she did. She was a conniving, conniving witch. That's why. And you
1: know what? More, and you know what? More power to her
2: for doing that. Oh, for yeah. Getting the health insurance, con, con, considering that. You know, there again. However you feel about the WWE, but what they, you know, the whole contractors versus employees, all the other shit they pull with adding time onto contracts because you got hurt and. All the all the bullshit they pull, all the power to anybody who pulls one over on them. I'm all for it.
1: It was good. It was good. I'm proud of her for it. All right, uh, a couple more here: Deanna Perrazzo, who was an NXT uh, star; Alexander Jack, Jack sick who was in the Performance Center, and no way, Jose. Yeah, yeah. Well, I say.
2: Gimmick, I say. That gimmick say, didn't yes. even. Get- to no more
1: Jose. <laughs> that that gimmick didn't even get over in NXT uh, oh. They replaced a lot of the Producers on furlough Not let go entirely but they're on furlough uh, Fit Finley Lance Storm, Mike Rotunda Shane, Shane Helms uh, Hurricane Helms Scott Armstrong, Pat Buck, Sarah Stock Sean Devari, and Billy Kidman Have all been did placed say, on furlough
2: Did you say Can I be serious for a
1: minute? <laughs> I love Lance Storm, I do I do. You know what? That Team Canada gimmick in in
2: uh, WCW was so over. That's good. I think those those moves were probably made not only so that they don't have to pay them, but I imagine those guys have probably got some kind of uh, benefits and stuff, and now they probably don't have to pay them either. Well,
1: according to what I read, it saved the company like four million dollars or something like that. Oh, so and, Vince uh, could
2: have sold a couple hundred shares and got it and took control probably. That probably. And, um I think maybe, maybe we'll shouldn't see. have maybe shouldn't have blown that however hundreds of millions he pissed away into the XFL. Maybe that. I don't know. Just saying.
1: Well, with Vince, I think if he would have just not booked Goldberg one time, I think uh that could have saved four million dollars.
2: Hell, he could uh, have, they could just talk to Saudi Arabia and and book another Saudi Arabian show and take care of that and even put some in your pocket.
0: Yeah.
1: Who knows? I don't know. You know, it had to do, I think, a lot with the fact that they didn't get the gate money. They had to do refunds for WrestleMania. They didn't get all that money that they would normally get.
2: Um, I'm going to go out on a limb and say it had nothing to do with any of that. Oh, no? okay. You know, mm-hmm. I, this is, yeah, well, this is my thinking. He he, just, uh, which we can get into courtesy of Mr. Stephen P. New. Uh, okay. That, there's, uh, that there is some uh, rumblings about uh, disclosure as far as the uh, WWE uh, having anything to do with XFL as we were all kind of told up front that it was, that the two were not related at all. And then in the bankruptcy filings, we see that, in fact, uh, WWE was on the hook for, what, a quarter, I believe it was? Uh, Yeah, something like that. Something like that. So perhaps this is just a move to uh, show the shareholders and the board of directors how uh, uh, money-conscious Vince really is, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And that's just an excuse to cover up some other nonsense, not unlike a good politician.
1: Yeah, absolutely, so, of course, they're cutting people, and of course, this is cut season, and a lot of these guys probably asked for their release, but I think some of them were kind of caught off guard.
2: Well, the pandemic is a nice, convenient excuse also, I mean. Yeah, of course, of course it does, so, I don't know, we'll have to. uh, But then again, you know what, he owns the company. At the end of the day, he can fire all of them if he wants to. It might be a – might some people might think it's a dick move, but, you know, if the contracts are structured in such a way that he can get away with doing it, then that's, you know, is what it is, I guess.
1: Oh, yeah, it definitely is, but we'll have to wait and see on that. All right, Tim, you know, it that, that's just a downer. That's a downer of a subject to dive into, don't you think? Just talking about everybody losing their
2: jobs and what do you want to do? Talk give me this, give me this coats. Maybe.
1: But <laughs> did you say did you say coat? My coat of
2: many colors I'm kidding. That my arc gave to me.
1: <laughs> she
2: found it on
1: the clearance rack and it didn't fit me. <laughs> no, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh so, weird.
2: Hackles are raised somewhere in New Jersey at this moment. Somewhere
1: between New Bedford and Hoboken, somebody's raising hell. All right. Yeah. Anywhere. let's. Uh, what we What we'll yeah. do is,
2: is anywhere. Uh, what? <laughs> like Fleetwood Mac said, I want to be with you everywhere. All That's right. Let's. You uh, you 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 meant to say anyhow, but you said anywhere.
1: You know, you say pasta, so you can fuck off. All right. How about that?
0: <laughs> oh, you know? the personal attack. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you
1: know, All right. I got a joke
2: I got a joke for you then.
0: Alright, let's hear it.
2: What do West Virginians call their girlfriends?
1: Here com here it comes. Go ahead. What? Family.
2: That's Party only off. um that's only backwoods West Virginians, which is only what, eighty eight percent of you.
1: Yes. Thank you for that. Some um, of you are cultured
2: individuals.
1: But do you know what you get when you get 32 West Virginia girls in a room?
2: <laughs> I can think of a few things, but why don't you tell me what you get? Full set of teeth. Ah. I was going to say like uh, 64 pairs of chromosomes or something along those lines. But this wow. To say. Wow. Wow. <laughs>
1: Let's hear from our good friends. Oh, at so they,
0: let's hear from yeah, our good friends yeah,
1: at Atomic, Comics Atomic Comics and Collectibles. We'll be right back. If you're into comic books and collectibles, then you are going to want to check out Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC. They buy and sell comic books, action figures, pop funkos, vintage video game system, vinyl records, and other collectibles. Retro and vintage collectibles are their specialty. They have fair and competitive pricing on all their items. Their prices will make you say... Oh, my
0: God!
1: Currently, they run on Facebook, and they're in the process of getting their own storefront in Logan, West Virginia. Give their Facebook page a like and keep updated on new merchandise and announcements for Comic-Cons and store opening in your area. They do ship, but only within the United States at this time. Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC where yesterday's memories are today's future. If you are looking for anything comic book or collectible-wise, you are going to want to do one thing, and head over to Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC. Check out their Facebook page, Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we've reached the point in the show where we're going to go for the gold, if you know what I'm talking about. Tim, you, you feel me there?
2: I felt you. All right. Because we are more than friends, you know. <laughs> Lord,
1: apologies to anybody tuning into this I, part.
2: I felt you, and I left feeling somewhat confused. Good.
1: All right, we're going to hear now from the 2016 Rio de Janeiro medalist Jenny Thrasher as she talks with us about life in air
2: rifling. And my, and in my opinion, should have carried the flag out at the closing ceremonies. Just, uh,
1: wow. Had to go back to school. You know how it is.
2: I uh, got, got job by that Simone Biles. What did she ever do? Six yeah, who'd she medals. ever meet? Six gold medals or something crazy like that. <laughs> yeah. Six <laughs> gold we medals. We don't know her. We don't know her, so. Yeah. All right. <laughs> under the, what do you under say? the bus she goes.
1: What do you say, Tim? Um, shoot
2: the tape, Nate. If I do that, it won't work. Metaphorically, mate.
1: Gentlemen, we talked about on Wide Men Can't Jump. We were going to be talking about sports from anywhere and everywhere. And we've got a very special treat for you. The first time ever on the show, she is, yes, I said she. Yes, guys, believe it or not, we can get ladies on the show. This is about the second one in the two year history of the show. But she is an Olympic gold medalist, the first one we've ever had on the show. Jenny Thrasher, Jenny, thank you so much for jumping on and talking with us a little bit.
3: Of course, I'm happy to be here.
1: Well, Jenny won her gold medal in the Olympics in 10-meter air rifle shooting. So, um don't try to mess with her, she will shoot you. No, nah, I'm, I'm kidding. <laughs> but uh, uh what made what made you Jenny get interested in the sport of rifle shooting?
3: Actually, my grandfather was kind of the catalyst to get me into the sport. He took me hunting when I was in eighth grade, and I'm sure you've been hunting and all your listeners have been hunting, but to a 13-year-old girl, it was kind of boring. I had to get up at 4 a.m., and it was cold outside, and wait for a deer to walk by. To me, the most fun part of hunting was actually shooting and pulling the trigger, so Don't tell my grandpa that I thought it was a little boring, but because of that, (laughs) when I went to high school, I know, it's the worst kept secret. He knows that I think it's a little boring, but I still go with him because I like to spend time with him.
1: I I understand.
3: So, yeah, I started when I went to high school. I joined where I grew up in Northern Virginia. They had a high school air rifle team. So I checked that out and loved it right off the bat. And then I started doing like a travel team in addition and looking to go to college and then got recruited by WBU.
1: Well, uh, you know, you bring up hunting. You say most of our listeners have probably been hunting. Maybe. I mean, we're hurt all over the world, but I mean, that's true. Um, I've been hunting, living in Logan County, West Virginia, one time in my life, not counting the times the deer jumped out in front of the road on me. Uh but yes, I went hunting one time, squirrel hunting. And my dad took me and it it and I agree, it was the most boring thing. I fell asleep. <laughs> I did, I fell asleep, and when it was over I never even saw a squirrel. So a lot of fun that was for me. But uh he did let me at least shoot the gun before we left, so that was fun. But um so you grew up and, and your school had Uh, the air rifle team, as you said, which got you kind of into it, uh, in Virginia, correct?
0: Mm Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. So you you grew up in Virginia, and this is just for for people in the West Virginia area. You you talk about going deer hunting and shooting. Um, In some counties here in West Virginia, especially my county, there's no uh, rifle season for deer hunting. We have to go bow hunting only, and that's all we can do here. Um, Did you ever try... I know you got into the rifle shooting. Did you ever try hunting with uh, just uh, bow hunting?
3: You know, I never did go hunting with bows, but when I was in high school, one of my coaches, he was very concerned if I would get bored or if he thought I was burning out a little bit. So anytime he saw that in me, he would say, let's go do something different today. And he would take me and we would go shoot shotgun or we would shoot pistol or we would go do archery. So I got a lot of experience that way with other forms, but nope, I've never been anything but hunting with a rifle.
1: Okay, well, we'll start looking a little more. And, and you grew up in the Virginia area. About how far from Morgantown did you grow up exactly?
3: About four hours.
1: Okay, all right. So you're equivalent to me where I'm where I'm at in terms of distance from Morgantown. What would be the closest city in Virginia, just out of relevance for anybody listening? Like the closest big city?
3: Um, Washington (laughs) D.C.
1: Oh, okay, okay, you're you're over there. Okay, okay, yeah, makes
3: sense, makes sense. Probably twenty five minutes from from D.C. I mean, there's a metro station one mile from my parents' house, so pretty close there.
1: Well, that's nice there's an abandoned uh railroad track down here where I live, but no, anyway let's uh <laughs> tim, tim the man the man not from this part of the country Tim uh couldn uh see what you've got to ask as a novice to this sport? I know I've seen a little bit of it. How about you what do you think
2: uh, I've seen a little, but i, I have to admit I, I took a deep dive into uh your career, so to speak um, <laughs> what where is the where is the leap from high school shooting and okay, enjoying it as a I guess kind of as a leisure activity, I guess you could say. How does one go from there to Olympics?
3: Honestly, it was a quick journey and I would say that was atypical. You know, with my sport there's a huge lifespan, there's a huge longevity. You know, you see people in their early to mid thirties who are at the peak of their career on the international stage. So for me to start shooting at 14 and then win an Olympic gold medal at night was not usual or expected in any way. So, and I think for me, I just credit that to to work ethic and to passion and honestly to a little bit of timing. So when I started shooting, when I started high school, I loved it, and I knew immediately that I loved it and that I was going to be good at it if I put the work in. So I just, you know, it never was a chore for me to go to practice. I wanted to go to practice, and, in fact, until I got to college, I had never had the amount of practice I wanted. The range just was never open enough. And then when I got to college and I could practice four hours a day every day, it was like, finally, we're here, you know? So I would say just I was always really focused on seeing where that potential was and how good I could be, and I, I would say I was never satisfied. You know, being the best in the state of Virginia was never enough for me. I wanted to go to the national competitions, and then my senior year of high school, I started. I made my first international team, and I went to my first World Cup, and that was just, you know, to combine Traveling and that cultural immersion, and doing what I loved, and competing against people who were amazing at what they do, you know, that was really invigorating for me. So then when I went to college, it was kind of the same thing, but to be on a team, you know, because it's an individual sport, and the NCAA is the only place where rifle shooting is a team sport. And that was a really unique environment that was really good for me and really helped me because you didn't feel pressure to perform individually. You felt a strong desire to be there for your team and to feel those emotions with them.
2: Okay. All right. So that being said, um, are you aware that you're uh, – I mean, I, obviously you're aware that you won the medal, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> um, But did you know that that's your, your – uh, that's been ranked number six in the all-time grading, greatest shooting moments in Olympic history.
3: Really? I was not aware of that.
2: Uh, well, I found this on YouTube. Uh, apparently, the, the, this is – and this was some by some Olympic – some type of Olympic committee has ranked that the, the sixth greatest moment because, of course, as you just kind of alluded to, it was – you sort of came out of nowhere.
3: Mm-hmm. See, and that's that's funny for me because, you know, when you're involved in any sort of craft, like a sport, you look back on the greats and what they've accomplished and, you know, the shooter of that generation and, you know, you really admire them and respect them and strive to achieve some of the things they've achieved and to see yourself in that light is especially when you're not finished with your career, you know, it's it's kind of a weird feeling to be honest.
2: Uh, that, that makes sense. All right. So given that now you're uh, nobody really seems to know what's going to happen going forward with the world events as they are at this moment. Um, so you, you basically, you could probably do what, probably two, three more Olympics and not be out of the, Uh, prime shooting age I guess you could say
3: yeah I think I could shoot as long as I wanted to and was enjoying it passionate about it and you know making enough money to live and, and succeed at it so for me right now I am definitely committed to trying through Paris 2024 and I think LA 2028 could be a reality you know I think going to a, a home Olympics in your home country. I mean, I think that would be very special, but that's also many years away. So sure. I don't want to limit myself or force myself into anything, but I'm, so I am taking it year by year, but I could definitely imagine myself shooting at least for the next five, if not nine plus years. Yeah.
2: Okay. So now, now given that, um, I watched a small documentary that was done on you. Uh, I think when you you had won the medal and went back to school, and they were kind of <laughs> yep. sort of half following you from class to class, et cetera, et cetera. And you you mentioned a couple of things that um, one was that you you don't make any money, but if you're good enough, everything kind of gets looked after. Mhm. Um, so, with that in mind, and women in sports, and all this kind of stuff that's really become big issues in the last year or two is there any uh i don't want to say i'm not sure what the words are but uh, to try to get uh, more young girls interested in shooting and for somehow for shooting to become more of a mainstream sport where possibly somebody could make a living at it at some point
3: yeah well i want to i want to address a few things here the first is there's a general misconception about athletes and it is that athletes make a lot of money and i think that most people don't realize that there are athletes that make a lot of money but they are only the very very best of very specific sports so for instance basketball football you know crack and field sometimes gymnastics swimming you know some of them but even then you know it's what two or three people in the whole country in that sport who are making a lot of money, right? Most of the sports that are kind of not mainstream, like you said, so let's take shooting or fencing or things like that. You're not making, you know, nobody is pretty much making any money. And the nice thing is we have a few different support systems in rifle shooting. So for instance, the NCAA. Without the NCAA, uh, rifle shooting as it is in this country would not exist. And that's a huge motivation for people, especially young people, especially females to be in shooting is the fact that you could get a partial athletic scholarship if you want to do it in college. And that's a huge motivation and I think it's a really positive motivation because it also encourages people to go to college and to get a degree, you know, which I I think has value for a lot of people. And we also have USA Shooting. So every Olympic sport has a – they call it a national governing body. So USA Swimming, USA Basketball, USA Shooting, which is our support system who organizes – who's on the national team, they organize Olympic trials, they have the national coaches, and they also – have a program where you can live at the Olympic Training Center and you can train there and basically your room and board is provided. So that's what I'm doing right now. I'm in Colorado Springs and I'm at the Olympic Training Center and you're not making any money per se, but all of your training expenses and your living expenses are provided for, which makes it a great opportunity, but it it's hard to make it a long-term opportunity when, you know, you could be doing this well into your 30s and you're not making any money. You know, you're not getting any job experience, any of that. So I think it is most people don't realize that, but it can actually be really positive because the people who are doing it at the highest levels, competing in their sports, they really want, to do it. They're making huge sacrifices because they care and are so passionate and really want to work and and succeed at their sport. So, I think it, it is positive in some ways, but definitely a misconception.
2: All right. So, just, I, I've got to ask, because you did say one more thing in regards to the money thing during the uh, documentary, and that was your kind of plan at that moment was just to marry rich. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> How do you think it's going for me?
2: <laughs> I just, I, as a as a Canadian, I just find it odd uh, about the whole shooting thing because to me, uh, uh, that's kind of ingrained in American culture, big time, mm-hmm. g- guns, et cetera, et cetera, and I would have thought that that would be something that it would be really easy. To get sponsors for, and yet that seems to be, that doesn't seem to be the case.
3: So I actually know why.
2: Okay, well, good. And well, it's, all right, go
3: ahead. Well, and it's very interesting, too. So if you look at other countries who have different gun laws than we do, if someone is interested in shooting in any way, they have to go basically to air rifle to precision Olympic-style shooting like what I do. In America, if you are interested in shooting, there are so many options. You can do three-gun, you can do shotgun, you can do American-style, international-style, you can do high-power shooting. There are so many different types of competition, and this is great because you're right, America does have a, a great cultural and historical Association with shooting, however, it does spread our talent a little more thinly, and it also spreads the money in sponsorships a little more thinly. If that makes sense,
2: it does. But I would have thought, on there again, not any better that if getting a gold medal doesn't get attention, what would?
3: Yeah, and and the thing is, the Olympics are a great opportunity, and me to go and be at the the pinnacle of my sport and be able to compete with the best in the world is amazing but that is the one moment every four years that people really pay attention to those sports That's that aren't true. mainstream you know every yep. every year people are watching march madness for basketball but you know how many of the the rifle NCAA championships have you watched? You know what I mean, and they happen at the same time. So I think
2: Yeah, okay. that yeah, all right. Time. So that 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 would hurt. Yeah.
3: Yeah, I mean it, it is what it is. It's the reality of our sport, and I think it it is a you know you fall in love with the sport for the sport. You don't fall in love with it for the fame, the attention, the money. You know, those are just additional things that come with some sports in some circumstances.
1: Well, I want to bring up, if I can, um, you know, you go to mm-hmm. WVU. Before we get into the, uh, a little bit more Olympic talk here, you went to WVU. They recruited you. Uh, were they the only school that was after you, or were there more? And if so, what made you choose Morgantown, West Virginia?
3: Yeah, shooting's definitely a small community. And there are only so many schools that offer rifle programs. So when I was in high school, I looked at, I printed out a list of all the schools that had rifle teams for Division One, and I said, okay, here's what I'm looking for. And I crossed out all of the military academies because I knew I didn't want to go there. And I crossed out all of the colleges that had all-girls rifle teams. So that's one interesting thing about rifle is, It is the only NCAA sport that is truly co-ed. You are competing men and women, same championship, and some teams are co-ed teams and some teams are all-girls teams. So I knew that I wanted to go to a co-ed team. So I crossed out any all-girls teams, and I knew that I wanted to major in biomedical engineering. So I crossed out any team that didn't have my major. And by the time I had done all that, I was really only down to about three teams. So I, of course, was in contact with all of those coaches, and I went on official visits, which is when you're being recruited, you go on official visits, and you spend 48 hours with the team and the coaches figuring out what the school is like. And so I went on official visits to all three of those teams, but I knew that West Virginia was my top choice I knew that for me I wanted to see how far I could get in the sport and West Virginia I mean obviously has such a great legacy in shooting and great resources and I would say in my personal humble opinion the best coach in all of collegiate shooting right now and I knew that that was my best chance to to become who I wanted to become as an athlete so they were definitely always my first choice, and I was was very happy when when they decided they wanted me to.
1: Well, that's that's great, and uh, you know Morgantown is a, an interesting town. I'm sure adapting to life there uh, was interesting. I've done a few. Uh, I actually did a visit there for my uh, when I was choosing schools, so I, I know the feeling there. Um, <laughs> little, let's ask. Let me ask you this though. How many times did you try out for the Olympics before you officially made the team? Because that didn't seem like, like that. Was Rio your first attempt?
3: Yes. Wow. Yes, it was. So. <laughs> One and done. <laughs> Not much more to say
2: there, was there?
1: Yeah, I was like, yep,
2: just knocked it out of the park right there. <laughs> so, what, uh,
3: what did you think the answer was going to be? What? I started shooting in 2012 like a month or two before the olympics maybe it was 2011 i okay so i started shooting at the end of 2011 so a a few months before the olympics happened right and i remember on tv watching the final of men's air rifles so the equivalent of what i do and i remember watching it on tv and going even know what's going on like i don't know the rules because, obviously, the rules in high school and the rules internationally are a little bit different. And I was like, this is so cool, but I don't understand anything. And then four years later, I'm in that Olympic final, basically.
1: Wow. Um, that's just, it's unreal. Because like, most <laughs> people train their whole it lives. Is. Jenny Thrasher trained four years. Oh, I got it. No, no problem. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But, uh, <laughs> So you go, you go to Rio. Uh, you get to walk out in the opening ceremonies. Um,
3: Actually, I you know
1: didn't. How, oh, you didn't. Oh, how come?
3: <laughs> well, I'll tell you. I didn't get to go to the opening or the closing ceremonies.
1: Oh man. So
3: the reason being that women's air rifle, one of the claims to fame it has, is it is the very first Olympic event that is contested. So it is the first medal awarded in all of the Olympics, and it's it's that way every quad. So because of that, basically what they do is they start the opening ceremonies the night before the first event. So you would get back from the opening ceremonies, which is I mean it's kind of a lot. you're walking a lot and it's it's very tiring and exciting, of course. At 1 in the morning, and I had to get up at 5 in the morning to get ready to compete.
0: Oh,
1: okay. Well, that makes sense.
3: Yeah, so actually nobody, for the most part, nobody that competes on that first day goes to the opening ceremonies because it just – it lessens your chances of performing how you want to perform. And even on the second day, if you were competing on the second day, I, I think it'd be a tough decision too. So I didn't get to go to the opening ceremonies, but um, the Olympics sends, or the U.S. sent two people in that event. So my kind of counterpart, she had been to the Olympics in 2012. Her name is Sarah, amazing athlete, great person. So her and I went because everyone else in the village is at the opening ceremonies. They actually have a little, like, I hate to call it a salon, but basically a salon where you can go get your nails done or your makeup done or whatever. And they were completely empty because everyone was at the opening ceremony. So we went and got our hair and nails done to get ready for our <laughs> our match the next day. So that was kind of funny.
1: <laughs> hey, nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. Yep. And then, <laughs>
0: yeah.
3: and then well, I ahead. didn't get to go to the closing ceremonies. I didn't get to go to the closing ceremonies because I had to get back to school for the first yep. day of my sophomore year of college. I would have had to miss wow. the first, I think, week and a half, two weeks of school if I wanted to stay for the closing <laughs> ceremonies.
1: Yeah, and you're not majoring in underwater basket weaving or anything like that. No. You're majoring in biomechanical engineering. I understand that.
0: Um, well, well, wh- let's you talk hear about. Story? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah, Go yeah. ahead.
3: <laughs> so the day I leave from Rio, and I'm flying to DC, right? And then the next day, school starts in Morgantown, so I have to get to Morgantown. So I'm in the Rio de Janeiro airport. And our flight gets delayed, so I eat dinner in the airport, and then we get on a 10-hour flight from Rio to Houston, and I got food poisoning, and I am violently throwing up on this 10-hour plane ride, (laughs) and it was awful. It was an experience, and I get into Houston, and of course, everyone's missed their connection to go to D.C., right? Right. Yeah, And I say, you know, I'm at, I'm at the desk and I say, and I'm green and I say, I need to get to DC as soon as possible. And it's like eight in the morning. And she says, well, the next flight into that airport is 2 PM. And I say, it doesn't have to be that airport. Take me to Baltimore, take me to another airport in DC, take me to Pittsburgh, anywhere just get me to the East coast. Right. Yeah. And she goes, okay, we can get you here. So I fly there, and then I have to drive because I'm a sophomore now, so I can have a car. I live off campus. So my coach, so John Hammond, the West Virginia coach, actually flew to D.C. to meet me to drive me and my car to Morgantown, right? Yeah. And I am still puking. It's been 24 hours. I'm still puking, and – We're on the car ride, and he says, so, ESPN wants to follow you around tomorrow.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Wow. And I say,
3: what? I said, what are you talking about? And he goes, they want to follow you around for your first day back at school. And, you know, I was planning on wearing a hoodie and going incognito, and that did not happen. (laughs) So I walk into my 8:30 <laughs> physics class. All I've had to eat are saltines, Ugh. and I have a camera crew and a reporter with me.
0: <laughs> oh.
3: it was. I don't uh, know what's it was worse. I don't, the day. I don't
1: know what's worse. A a food poisoning, only eating saltines, uh, <laughs> or 8:30 a.m. physics? Because I've been there. I have been there. It's, uh, it's <laughs> physics. F- physics. If you're out there, there's a middle finger for you. Uh let's so let we don't have a whole lot of time left. So I do want to at least bring up uh what it was like, you know, becoming you were the first gold medalist of the Olympics that year. You defeat the two favorites from China and you win the 10 meter uh rifle competition and like Tim said it was kind of a shock out of nowhere that a freshman going into her sophomore year uh wins the Olympic gold. And you know, of course, everyone here in West Virginia is beaming with pride. We're all sharing it. You know, first Olympic gold for America goes to you know Jenny Thrasher. You were a celebrity. Um, yes. There, because uh, a lot of gold medals are won and nobody ever knows. But when you get the first one, you really stood out amongst the crowd. You were a celebrity. So, what was that like? First winning it, I, I'm sure indescribable. But how was it winning it? And then what was the reaction like when you did get home and or did get back to your room and all these congratulations and these interviews and ESPN wants to follow you and you've got, you're on NBC. And and what was that all about? How was that?
3: You know, to be honest with you, it was so overwhelming. You know, I didn't really expect to win. Nobody around me really expected. You know, we all hoped, we all knew it was possible. But when it happened, it was like, oh, my gosh, and they don't even give you a minute to breathe. You know, you're immediately, you're in a press conference, you're in drug testing, you're on the podium, you're going to the NBC set, you know, and that that day was just a whirlwind of crazy. And I remember um, my whole family flew to Rio to watch me, my parents and my two brothers, and I saw them that day for a total of two seconds. And that's only because someone from the U.S. snuck them into a reserved athlete-only area so I could give them a hug as I walked from the press conference to drug testing, right? And it was just one of those that you don't even realize until months later what an impact it has on your life and also on the lives of the people around you. And I remember coming back to Morgantown Thinking that you know that that was a fun few weeks and and that was great and I mean you're driving past the frat houses and you see signs that say Vinny Thrasher drinks free <laughs> and and you're not, you're not busy, even old right? enough to drink Can't at this time,
1: drink. are you? Yeah.
3: No. <laughs> so it the support, especially from the local Morgantown, West Virginia community, was something that was for me completely unexpected but so touching honestly and I remember going to the grocery store and not even being able to get out because everyone knew who I was and everyone was saying congratulations but and I remember being frustrated you know like I I don't have control anymore and then I, I thought to myself I was like how grateful should you be right now because there are so many people who don't even know you who are supporting you, and you have made an impact on their life, a significant impact, and it was was a really cool experience. And to be able to spend the next few years in Morgantown and be able to do a lot of community service and a lot of community events and talk to people, and I'll tell you, I never had a negative experience in Morgantown with people coming up to me, and, you know, people tell you how much it means to them and it's it's crazy to have someone who's two or three times your age telling you that they look up to you but it's it's also very touching to be honest
1: absolutely well tim do you have anything else i know we've taken a lot of jenny's time and i don't want to hold her too long she's got to get back to training damn it we got to get her back out there for america
3: <laughs> i have one more thing i'd like to talk about if that's okay. absolutely
1: go ahead go ahead you have all time in the world yeah
3: So, I know that people right now are dealing with this coronavirus situation, and it's hard on a lot of people with the isolation, and, you know, there's kind of a lack of a sense of community, and I want to help to provide that in some ways. So, I'm offering for the rest of this pandemic what I'm calling isolation icebreakers. So, they take two forms. The first form is a 30-second video, and I'll send it to whoever you want and, or to you, and it will say, you know, anything you want. So if you want me to wish your uncle happy birthday, I can do that. Or if you want me to, you know, tell someone thank you for working on the front lines, for being a doctor or nurse or paramedic in this time, I can do that. So just trying to get a little positivity and a little – you know, more community feel out there. The second way I'm offering these is a 30-minute live video chat. So it can be about anything you want. If it's a group of Girl Scouts or Boy Scouts and you want to do a Zoom call where we're all there and they can ask some questions and I can give a bit of a motivational speech or whatever form you'd like it to take, so I just, you know, I want to offer these in this time and, you know, it's kind of, it helps me, it helps everyone, you know, and especially to the people of West Virginia where I feel, you know, a lot in my heart for them. So if anyone listening is interested in this, all they have to do is email me at Thrasher one the number one, at gmail.com and let me know what they're looking for and I will write back with my availability and my pricing.
1: Well there you go and that's a great great thing there because right now a lot of us are at home and can't really go anywhere or do anything and uh, how often do you get to talk to an Olympic gold medalist? Not very often. <laughs> so that's that's really cool that you're that you're able to do that and uh, you know we were going to let you plug Uh, whatever you wanted to (laughs) plug. So I'm glad you got that in there, um, Jenny. And that's something that I think our listeners, and we'll be sharing this out, of course, and we want everybody to take a listen to it, uh, can hear it and uh, and follow Jenny and and keep up with her and wish her good luck. And, And go ahead and get some of these isolation icebreakers. I think those are really cool. And a cool way to say you care from Jenny Thrasher. I think that's really neat.
3: Thank you. Yeah, if you guys want to follow me on social media to learn more about the isolation icebreakers or to just, you know, see kind of my journey over the next years uh, as we go to the 2021 Olympics, then, then that's a great way to do it.
1: Yeah, and we still we didn't even get to talk about you getting named NCAA Woman of the Year. Or, or winning the winning the NCAA I'm, tournament. So yeah, I'm sensing uh, a
2: part two here, Nate. I'm, I'm, I'm yes, yeah, like so, we're, we're gonna. I have a lot yeah. of questions about the actual shooting that we didn't get to.
3: So
1: yeah, if you're able, Jenny, we'd love to have you back on maybe a month or two down the road if you're not too busy.
3: For sure, for sure. Yeah, we can definitely do that. All okay, right,
1: uh, we will be in touch with you, and thank you so much again for jumping on and talking with us and uh we hope again we'll have you back real soon i've got your email and everything and uh, we'll be in touch
3: all right thank you guys
1: thank you bye-bye bye If that music doesn't get you pumped, I don't know what will. The Olympic theme. And thanks again to Jenny Thrasher for coming on the show, talking a little bit about what it was like being at the Olympics and sharing some really cool stories with us. Tim, I I thought it was it was a fun time. She's a great young woman to talk to and we've already talked to her. We're we're gonna have her back on soon. Maybe get All some more right. stories.
2: Uh, definitely a great ambassador for the Olympics, uh, NCAA shooting, whatever else. You want to talk about. Yeah, very well spoken into. Uh, very smart young lady. Very impressed with her. Very impressed.
1: A lot of really cool stuff about the Olympics that you don't get to really hear about. You know, the Olympics are kind of fast-paced, bang, bang, bang when they're there. And then it's they're here for two weeks and it's just at you. And then all of a sudden, boom, it's gone. You don't see it for, you know, the summer Olympics for well, four years. You know, it's,
2: that's it's kinda kind of crazy. Of a, it is. And yet in some ways it is kind of in the speak of the Olympics too, is that they don't happen very often. So when you, when yeah. you are participating and, and are lucky enough or good enough, however, whatever words you want to use to actually medal, it's a pretty big deal. And uh, I mean we I don't know Ginny personally, of course, but seems that uh her gold medal has certainly not went to her head
3: she's a no, very down
2: she's a very down to earth young woman from all appearances and the way she talks about things and doesn't seem to be a whole lot of ego going there, which is' in, which is nice to see in a in an athlete
1: no i I absolutely agree, and it was great to have her on, and we'll talk with her again soon so um
2: but school, this kind before, of... b- before we go further though, let's, let's touch on this. Uh, what was it? Uh, isolation icebreakers. Yes. Yes. Let's, let's talk uh, about this for a moment. Okay, go ahead. Well, it seems to me that, um, uh, what would your, what would you say the odds were that you could get a personal message from an Olympic gold medal winning athlete, uh, Zero, pretty much, I would think, for most people. Anyway. Pretty,
1: pretty rare most of the time. I mean, that's not um, something that that's not something that many Americans have sitting on their mantelpiece at home.
2: No, it's an Olympic so gold medal. It, so I would I would throw out there that if you have a family member, uh, somebody who's into shooting, or perhaps a young uh, daughter or son who is uh, maybe doesn't even necessarily have Olympic aspirations, but or heck, even uh, you. Or even, even yourself, you? I mean that's well, okay, I mean, I know she she made a point of saying that she found it somewhat awkward that uh people twice her age saw her as a role model, but the uh, fact is she is one, and I think you couldn't do much better as far as if you wanted some type of mentor or someone to hold up as a you know this is a shining example of how to do things, you know you get your uh, she starts out, uh, spending time with family, always a good thing. Gets an education, becomes an athlete, uh, excels at both and where that might take her in the world yet. Who knows? Cause that story's not, isn't written yet, but I can't really think of a. I mean, there can't be much better ways of going about doing it.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. She's doing well uh, for herself I'm... and she's still young, 23 years old. And, uh, She's really, she's really a sweetheart and, and great to talk to. And this is an opportunity for you to talk to an Olympic gold medalist and, and definitely check her out. Her email is jennythrasher1 at gmail.com in case you missed it earlier. That's Jenny, G I N N Y, Thrasher, T H R A S H E R 1, the number one at gmail.com. So I mean, send her an email.
2: Yeah, I won't speak for her, but on her Twitter page, I believe the the thirty second personalized mm-hmm. message is ten bucks. So I mean, yeah, come on, people, we've all blown ten bucks on way. Less I mean,
1: most of us are getting twelve hundred dollars right now. We can afford ten dollars.
2: Well, I mean, let's look at it this way: the $10, 10 bucks, you're going to get a video that you can watch basically forever. Yeah, and who knows? I mean, this. I mean, even now. I mean, she's Mother's Day is coming up. Uh-huh. Mother's hey, Day is hey, hey, coming right. up. I mean, she's an You can always get list, one for mother. I would not bet against her becoming a double medalist. Uh I would not take that bet. Um It's just a chance. To, it's a, it's a chance to do something that you wouldn't normally get to do and it also is going to help her out a little bit because as she mentioned, um yeah, your room and board is looked after and that sort of thing. But I'm going to guess that uh, pocket money would, would not hurt. Um, yeah, of course not. So, I mean, it doesn't hurt any of the rest of us, so I don't know why it would hurt her. Um, I'm sure there would be things that she might like to do or get or purchase or whatever the case may be. Um, and I can, like I said, I can think of a lot worse ways to spend it than this. So. If that's something you might be interested in, uh hit her up on the mail and uh spend your ten dollars. Pretty pretty wise investment, I'd say.
1: Yeah. I, I mean I recommend it. Go check it out and uh tell her why men can jump sent you. It's always great well, to, that would to share. Helpful. Yes, that would help us. And well, we uh that to, doesn't cost just, you a dime.
2: Yeah, you know, it doesn't. And we do try to do our bit. Uh you know, we're not a big outfit or uh one with a lot of pull yet, but we do try to help out uh, friends of the show and by virtue of Nate's location, uh, you know, we've kind of become a a kind of adopted West Virginia as my American home, so to speak, even though I've never been there, et cetera, et cetera. But if we can help out local and amateur athletes and this kind of stuff, we'll do the little bit that we can, and this would be part of it. So, Help her, help us, Absolutely. help amateur sports, uh, and know, help sports Harvard. that aren't.
1: You know, help sports that yeah, are. not I mean this. This is the mainstream. One
2: Nike, yeah, Nike's not rushing to throw money at these people. You know, or they're, you know, they're, they're, she's not getting a shoe deal. I don't think. So for her, it's a much bigger deal, and like as she mentioned too, you know, people should probably be cognizant of the fact that Olympic athletes are not. Well, uh, they're not rich, and they're not no, compensated. I, think, I mean, their compensation
1: little, is what they come home with around their neck you know, if you, they get anything
2: get a, at all. Yeah, you get a little bit for the medal, I think. But you know, as she as she pointed out, you know, she spent, you know, this is a, it's not a, it's not like okay, I'm going to go into the Olympics and you know, yeah, I might have to go to a practice once a week or something like that. I mean, this girl is, is in Colorado Springs, home. Uh, Training uh, for lack of You know and probably that's probably all she's Doing right now so she's committed To trying to be The best she can be and all that And that takes uh, You know it's nice to not have to worry About the pocket Mm. money and and I did not Know this
1: this is This is I did not know this Um, Olympic gold Olympic medalists When you win a medal you earn $37,500 for each gold medal you win um, and 22500 for each silver and 15000 for each bronze. In team sports, each member splits the pot evenly. That's 50% more than what American medalists earned at the 2016 game. So that was for the upcoming Olympics. But so then, Tim, did you know this? Did you know this?
2: They also have to pay taxes on that
1: okay, when they so win the got, medal.
2: So she got what? Uh, roughly 20 grand?
1: Let's see here. If I, let me do the math real quick. 37,500 well, divided 18, by five. two. So 18,750. 18, now,
2: okay. look, and then just the for the took, one gold medal. The government took at least 20 to 30% of that, depending. Hold on. So, Hold
1: on. I'll tell you. How much do Olympians get taxed i was you know how much the olympians get taxed let's find out here i know they have to pay taxes on their gold medals uh, they're taxed yeah, okay not- so it's like lottery winnings apparently oh uh, okay. it's a- so yeah it let's see here on-
2: for so then it might depend on where you reside then right
1: uh, if I'm not mistaken, assuming the athlete was already a high-income earner paying
2: the top bracket of U.S.
1: taxes, they would be paying
2: 39.6%. Okay, but we can assume that the amateur athlete is not a high-earning tax bracket, I would say. Uh, in her case, it wasn't. Uh, let's see here. Well, she didn't I? Have a, I mean, if she had a job, it would have been a part-timer because she was in school, so... so
1: says here calculated the bills to be for a gold medalist 9,900 for silver 5,940 and for bronze 3,960 that's assuming the athlete only won one gold medal
2: for us athletes like
1: michael phelps simone biles and others uh multiple gold medals that bill can be much higher
2: Okay, so let all oh, right. Let's be generous and say she ended up getting half of it. Let's say she got ten thousand dollars.
1: Okay, so roughly ten thousand dollars is all she made. That.
2: Okay, and she trained for how many years?
1: How yeah, many a lot. A, a lot.
2: long time. So that and ten now—that's that, not a lot. I mean, if you broke not that, not a lot value, at all. I mean, we could we could ask her the next time. Okay, how many hours are you training a week? Times that baby by fifty two, and I'm and then divide it into the ten thousand. And you ain't gonna you want to talk about minimum wage? You'll be way below that, I'm sure.
1: Oh yeah, definitely. So, so again, I mean, if the, the cool, and then look at it, it this way, a, Tim. If bad. you go there, if you go there and you don't get a medal, you don't win anything. You don't get anything.
2: And it probably, I mean, I don't know anything about her immediate family or anything, but we know they were there. Okay. Well, they didn't get there for free.
1: No, definitely not.
2: So, you know, there's costs. I mean, I guess you could argue that, well, they don't need to go and all that, but I mean, let's just put it this way. If your kid's in
1: the Olympics and you're not there, come on. (laughs) I I
2: agree. But but there'll be people that will say, would, would throw that out there. Let's just put it this way. You don't become an Olympic athlete to, uh, get rich yeah they
0: definitely just don't not, they,
2: so. i mean there's not very many usain bolts in the world and even no. that i mean there is there is a track and field world championships and and meets yeah. and stuff like that where they can make some money so of course well, there's uh, the pan uh,
1: americans and the,
2: you yeah, know, the are, uh you know the world there are other things well there's the gold league i think they call it in track and field yeah. where there, there is a season for those guys to win prize money and stuff like that. But uh, yeah. uh, anyway, talking about Olympics. Uh, Olympic well, moment. before
1: before we talk about the Olympics, uh, we got to do one more. Say uh, hello to our friends over at Stay Classy Meats. Stay Classy Meats is your online meat market where you can get the best quality meat for competitive prices. Head on over to com and use the promo code Wide Men to save 10% on your order. That's right, if you head to stayclassymeats.com, you can save 10% on your order with promo code wide Men. but that's not all. Not only will Stay Classy Meats give you 10% off, they're also throwing in a free pound of Montana grass-fed ground beef. Make sure you get over to StayClassyMeats.com right now to check out their selection. Whether it be pork, ribs, chicken, steak, bison, ribeye, or any other type of meat that you desire. You can get it at stayclassymeats.com. They are high-quality meats that you will not want to miss out on. If you like to eat well and eat clean and eat some of the best quality products out there, Stay meat is for you. Again, head to stayclassymeats.com right now. Thanks to the wonderful people over at stayclassymeats.com. It's stayclassymeats.com. Check them out. Use promo code Men and save 10% on your order. All right. So, Tim, you know, we bring up Olympics. Um, you and I both watch the Olympics as much as possible. It's impossible to see everything that happens. Impossible. Can't be done. I don't care. Even if you got that Olympic channel, you can't see it all. When you think no, of the Olympics, there's, there's um, a lot. there is. And, and, you know, we all have our favorite sports, both summer and winter. And you know me. I'm a, I'm a curling man. But, um... When you think Olympics, what's, uh, what's some of the, the the things you think of when you think of the Olympic Games?
2: Well, memory off wise. The, off the top of my head, in no particular order. Uh, of course, because I'm Canadian, Golden Gold 2010 ice hockey. Quickly followed by a miracle on ice.
1: Yeah, a miracle can't on really, ice is
2: big. Can't really beat that one. Um, Jamaican bobsled team. Another one that yeah. pops up in my head. Gold well, cool you know, Rings! Well, kind of what the entire Olympic thing is really all about. Here's a bunch of guys who don't have a snowball's chance in HE double hockey sticks of ever winning, but we're going to go out there and give it a go anyway. And did. Um, Eddie the Eagle is another one I think of. I don't know if you even know who that is.
1: Uh, I don't, uh, actually.
2: Yeah, look him up. British um, ski jumper who only, qualif- only qualified because nobody else from England wanted to do it. And he did just good enough because there's, of course, Olympic standards you got to meet, but they're not particularly high. Uh, was horrible at it, but, you know, wanted to compete in the Olympics. So um, to go way back, of course, because uh, uh, you're a history guy and so am I, uh, Jesse Owens, of course. Jesse
1: Owens, can't, yeah. Can't
2: can't really top that one. I mean, um, and another one that I might throw out there for different reasons would be the, um, I believe that was in '68, in uh, with the the Black Power salute. Which yeah. At the time, which at the time was like a, a holy shit moment, but really now, isn't. Um, yeah. Boy, I, I'm really running over. for me. Okay, being a Canadian. Uh, 1976 Olympics in Montreal. Um, Canadian guy won silver in the high jump. Had no business coming anywhere near it, but just had a had the day of his life in front of his hometown or in his own country. That was pretty cool. Um, this one's gonna this one's gonna surprise you. Two of them actually. Uh, if you're an American and you were alive when it happened, you probably can't forget Mary Lou Retton. Oh,
0: of course,
2: and another on, you know, West on Virginian one, on one leg, basically. Um, that's a moment that will live forever in Olympic history, uh, and going further back than that in gymn- gymnastics, uh, Romanian super gymnast gymnast Nadia Comaneci, who was the first person to throw up a perfect ten, and uh, particularly why that's particularly cool is not only is that almost impossible. But in those days with the politics involved in Olympics, that was a a holy cow moment because it was utterly surprising that any Western judges gave her that kind of mark. So well, there, there's been lots of other ones. Uh Michael Phelps you might throw out there, I guess. Uh,
1: yeah, Phelps was uh Phelps was a big one for me. Uh I always thought that one was really cool. Uh that... especially the one with Phelps that I remember the most wasn't the individual medal. it was the medal he got in the team um event where the Australians had the lead, and nobody thought that the Americans could make up the ground and Phelps wasn't in the water, and his teammate ended up making up that ground the United States pulled the gold uh there at the last second at the end, which I thought was really neat um then, really, really you- cool.
2: Do you remember? Well, mind you, you might not have been alive. When was that? Um, whenever the Calgary Olympics were, eighty, eighty-eight
1: maybe. And I was not alive.
2: Um. So you don't? Do you remember the? Or have you seen the commercials with Dan Jansen and the other guy that were both in the? Um, uh, what was the sport they were in? Uh,
1: Figure skating?
2: Uh, no, no, speed speed skating, and he fell. Oh. No. He was the favorite. He was the favorite to win, and he fell in Calgary and got nothing. Mm. And then he came. And then he had to wait four years, uh, or eight mm. years, or whatever it was, and he came back and, and won gold. Well, after the fact, I mean that's a that's a pretty huge moment. I'm trying to think. I, I've got in my head some type of commercial. I want to say they were either triathletes or biathlon, and there was commercials about the two of them.
1: Are you talking about uh, Brian
2: Boytonnel? No, that's figure
1: skating. Yeah, so they were figure skaters.
2: No, the the two I'm thinking of, I'm want they were in some kind of a sport where point where it was points that was pentathlon or some or decathlon something along those lines, and they hyped the daylights out of it, and then when it actually came time to happen, the one guy one guy just had a horrible showing, and they wasted all that money on. They hyped it all up and nothing happened, but I, I can't yeah. remember. I'll have to look that up. Uh, I mean, there's been lots of, so many of the moments in, in, in Olympic sports, you may not even know because you didn't know who the people were Yeah. and, and back, and back in the day, you know, anything that hasn't happened in the last maybe 20 years, I mean, your country probably, I mean, they televised the Olympics, but they covered your country. They didn't care what, you know, some guy was doing from a foreign country that you, you know, who cared, right? And now with the global world and all that, things have really changed, but um, I mean, tomato, uh, what's the Shawn white? That was another yeah. big story. Big yeah, flying in, tomato. Uh, for us in Canada, it was uh, Ross Reglabotti who meddled and then tested positive for pot. <laughs> that was in I was in one of the extreme sports too, but then it turned out that that wasn't that didn't bar you from winning the medal. So got to going, he got was he
1: was he at uh, what was it? Uh, was he hanging out with Bodie Miller? Yeah,
2: well, he might have been. Can't rule that out. You know, Bodie. Oh, there was lots of big moments in skiing. Uh, lots of people fall down in the skiing. Lots of people come out of nowhere. They just have one good day, and and win in skiing. Uh, what's her name? Uh, what was it Peekaboo Street? Yeah. She is. And uh, who's the other more famous? Yeah, fans? yeah. Lindsey Vaughn. Is a, oh, yeah, Lindsey Vaughn is another one. I, I, you, sir, Olympics, know a lot more about Olympics
1: than I thought you would.
2: Oh, dude. I, yeah. Well, I've been around a lot longer than you. <laughs> valid. Very valid. But uh, we're not going
1: to be around much longer this week, as uh, that's going to do it for us as we have uh yeah we we've done it and we and here we were worried we wouldn't feel time. (laughs) yes
2: our way through another week how about that
1: as always my friend as always but we hope you guys enjoyed this episode and we hope you guys were able to uh kick back and enjoy some of the the stuff that we've heard and you know i think it's really cool that uh that uh to get an Olympic gold medalist on the show. I don't uh, know. I uh, cool. If I was a bad man, I, I thought it would have been Kurt Angle, but we got uh, Jenny Thrasher.
2: I don't know how we're going to top it, but <laughs> I guess we got a couple of days to try to figure that out. But, yep. Uh,
1: Next week, I have a feeling we're going to be talking about the NFL draft because it's around the corner. So do your homework, Tim. We got NFL draft talk to do. Well,
2: let's not rule out Usain Bolt quite yet
1: well of course you know his people are supposed to call my people but uh i'll let you know so i got connections oh, yeah. in jamaica so we'll, we'll see what i'm happens. pretty
2: i'm pretty sure you're saying you uh, is a uh, user of one of our sponsors
1: <laughs> But
2: it's not very well, classy meets
1: well we'll let you decide which one it is uh but anyway we want to thank you guys for tuning in this week and hope you enjoyed the episode and uh you know, uh, I think it was a good one. I had a good time. You know, always I good you, coming on here.
2: I think you should uh, you should play us out with that, that Olympic music. I, I love that. That's great stuff. Well,
1: unfortunately, I don't have it oh. saved on here.
2: Oh, man. I got to learn sorry. not to talk. I got to learn not to talk first. I'm sorry. Well, you know. I set you up for a you, you really um, did. How about uh, the announcement that uh, the Bogsies are still a work in progress? That's of course they proving, are. That's proving more troublesome than I ever anticipated. Uh, Although the coronavirus
1: uh, has, slow, has slowed the Bogsies, but uh, it, it we
2: has, can hope. It also canceled the uh, wide Men can jump of uh, FIBA long-distance three-point shooting championships, apparently. Uh, as they have just disappeared. Um there's always yeah, Delco they, saw, records. they
1: saw the results of the horse championships and immediately they, pulled out.
2: They bailed. There's always Delco records. You can never count. Them always,
1: uh, But uh, yeah, uh, we'll be back next week and who that. knows what chicanery is going to happen. I got a few phone calls to make and we'll see what we get into next week. All right. I hope everybody enjoyed it and uh, share the episode guys. Let's get, uh, let's get some views up iTunes podcast Addict, Stitcher, Google play FM flash. iHeartRadio. radio. Anywhere you find podcasts, thanks to Law Offices of Stephen P. New, Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC, Stay Classy Meets, and StripCamFun.com. Check them out. Tim, anything else?
2: I mean, we had the gold medalist on. Maybe we need to get the flip side of that and have Pat McAfee on. The guy that comes in last? (laughs) (laughs) Well, no. I mean, he had a fairly successful NFL career. You can't say that. He
1: did. He did. He just, yeah. Maybe what Man. we
2: need to do is find uh, the superhuman of Olympic athletes, somebody who. I know, love superhuman. <laughs> Let's get him on. Oh, I'm all for it. If you, get, if you can get superhuman on, book him. I'm all for it. All right, I have work to
1: do. Until next week, we'll see you, Tim, in us home.
2: We're out of here, people. Peace out. Stay safe. Yeah. Oh yeah.
1: Thanks for listening to this broadcast on the Wide Men Radio Network located at blogtalkradio.com slash wide men can't jump. You can check us out on Patreon at patreon.com slash wide men can't jump for more exclusive content only available to our Patreon members. You can find this program and others like it on iTunes, Podcast Addicts, Stitcher, Google Play, FM Flash, iHeartRadio, and more. Just search Wide Men Can't Jump. Thanks to our sponsors, the Law Offices of Stephen P. New at newlawoffice.com, StripCamFun.com Atomic Comics and Collectibles LLC Located at Facebook.com Atomic Comics and Collectibles LLC And Stay Classy Meats Where you can check them out at StayClassyMeats.com and use promo code WIDEMEN to save 10% on your order And receive a free pound of Montana Grass-fed ground beef Follow us on Twitter at WideJump And be sure to keep up with all the content that's being posted there Thanks again for listening And we'll see you next time on the Men Radio Network